a parody song making fun of millennials but uh there we go that bump will work right mark strauss mark yeah there you go here i gotta turn your microphone on your son's a millennial you yeah said? yeah there you go uh, but he's well, not one of those obnoxious millennials actually that is on the list of things i created a list for this conversation um we were as you described in your show having a conversation off the air in the few weeks that have been here you and i have had a couple of these uh, a few different topics kind of interest both of us and we have a I wouldn't say an argument because you don't call it an argument either, but a more serious in tone conversation. Like we're we're conversing about something, and it seems to make the rest of the office terribly uncomfortable. <laughs> Have you noticed that? You know, uh, don't give people the wrong impression. We're not arguing. Right, we're not. We're having a conversation that have opinions that at times are different. It, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm right. I don't know if anybody's right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm right. It doesn't matter if you're right. No. I don't think it has anything to do with whether we're right. Uh, but today's conversation, I think, is uniquely suited for the air because this is a topic that's all over the place right now. It's kind of a viral concept, the OK Boomer uh, insult, which uh, started out on TikTok. Are you familiar with the TikTok? I've heard of it. OK, and the Snapchat, and then it made its way onto Twitter. My wife's the... on Snapchat. Oh, there you go. I, I think it... she's more on Instagram than Snapchat. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand Snapchat because it's it's... <laughs> It's here and then know. it's gone. There, it doesn't. Don't it, you? You can't go five minutes later to Snapchat, or what you're looking for is gone. Mark, I want to have this conversation in a good way, but when you say you don't understand Snapchat, I'm immediately. I want to say, "Okay, boomer," to that. The, my response, but it won't be. Well, what's, um, the, what's the point of putting something up there that's gone a few minutes later? I I think that it was because you didn't want people to keep certain things. I think there were things that you wanted to then send. Don't people. put it up there. Well, that's fair. Because they can still keep it, by the way. But I think that was the original reason that Snapchat became. And it just seems less invasive than other social media platforms. Even though it is a form of social media now, people have profiles. They interact with each other constantly there. It doesn't feel like Facebook. It's more hidden. So I think that's why people like it. Um, but OK Boomer became very popular there and on TikTok. Tail end of the year became popular on Twitter. And now it's all over the place. Now they're talking about it on the Today Show and pretty much everywhere they can. William Shatner is getting OK Boomered and reacting to it by saying that he finds it to be a compliment, not an insult. Uh, but you and I were discussing the validity of the, the concept. And well, I you think, can't be insulted by somebody who doesn't know enough. Right, who doesn't really want to have a conversation right. either, um, which is what you said. But I think that it's more complex than a simplistic dismissal of someone who's older than you and a refusal to to be open to other ideas. I think that it's actually a tension that's been building between generations, and this is the latest way to to communicate that frustration. Because I, I think this is true, too. Every generation has these unique focuses that the generation before didn't have and maybe doesn't truly understand. They're, every generation has them. And I think my generation, for whatever reason, things like socially uh, being like hypersensitive to every single issue. Are you hypersensitive to I'm everything? not personally, but my generation is. Politically correct is of, of great importance to us. And these seem to be some of the topics where you're seeing a lot of these OK Boomer responses when one person says, come on, you snowflake, get over it. And someone else seems to think that that's an insult. Um, because of this conversation, I went ahead and pulled a list of one other thing, too, because I want to demonstrate my point to you. And you're kind of getting surprised by this angle of the conversation. No. This was not something we were talking about off the air. It doesn't matter. I think millennials, and actually this, this OK Boomer thing comes from Gen Z. 
So it's not necessarily millennials doing it. If we want to assign blame, it's the even younger crowd, the teens. Uh, but I'm a millennial, so I'm going to defend my generation a little bit in all this. I pulled what I thought were 10 pretty funny, very recent headlines about things millennials have ruined. Because I think that part of the reason that OK Boomer is becoming more and more popular is this idea that we're so divided generationally that it's someone's fault when things go wrong. Well, is it becoming more popular, or is that just a perception? Uh, well, it's becoming more well-known. I think this year is is the entirety of the existence of this concept, and once it made its way You know, way a year Twitter, from now, we won't even hear it. Probably a week from now, we won't even hear it. The next it. generation will be harping on millennials. Yeah, well, but the, the other generations might have harped. Here's ten headlines that were in actual news places... Uh, about millennials, and I just want you to reflect with me, and you might find them humorous, and that's okay, but I think millennials get blamed for a lot of things, and maybe that creates some of this tension that then comes out in an, in an, you know, a, a less than, um, uh, per, it's not the best way to have an actual conversation. Do they get blamed for what? Well, here like we go. they don't know how to drive? This is an actual headline from a, a, an article online. Millennials aren't eating cereal because it's too much work. There's a story about how millennials stopped eating cereal because hashtag too hard. Uh, that's a thing we're getting blamed for. Do you eat cereal? I do. Do you believe that millennials eat less cereal than other generations? They may. Uh, it may be because of health concerns about the sugars inside of cereals, but that article wanted to say that it was just too hard for millennials. We, it was too complicated to put the milk in the bowl with the food, and you know, so we didn't do it. I have more. The hot new millennial trend, hating millennials. There's an article about how millennials self-hate to connect to the other generations that also hate millennials. Uh, I, I don't know if you're enjoying these titles. Uh, you, I'm, okay. I'm listening. Millennials have killed McDonald's. There's an actual article online right now about that. Weak hands, weak bodies, millennials losing grip strength. That is an article online that apparently millennials have much inferior grip strength to any other generation because, well, you know. We don't understand. Are you sure that's are. not just clickbait? It could be clickbait, but these are real headlines that existed in the world, and people clicked on them, which means that there's some level of interest in the headline of blaming millennials for things. So I think this is, again, I'm not defending someone who doesn't want to have a conversation. And I think that's the most powerful thing you said when we were talking this morning, is that to say, okay, boomer, or to say, well, any what sort I said of, was, that's not an argument. That's, correct. That's a deflection. That's avoiding whatever topic you're talking about. And it's disrespectful. Um, but most importantly, it is not opening the door to trying to understand each other. It but, tells me that the person doesn't have an argument that they're confident in. Correct. Yeah. Or, or maybe they don't have an argument at all, and so they just like to yeah. uh, avoid. Well, it's like the phrase it, when it became popular, you'd say something to somebody, and they'd say, whatever. Right. That's not a position. No, and it's actually not terribly respectful, you know, intellectually to say what I, but anyway, here's some more and I think this is where we're coming from. This is where millennials might be coming from. Why do millennials hate groceries? question mark. That is a story out there in the world because apparently we hate groceries. Blame millennials for vanishing soap bars. If soap bars are going out of out of trend, it's because millennials are ruining that industry. We've ruined and I am a millennial several several industries. Neil, this might be of interest to you. Millennials are killing golf. Did you know that? Well, that's terrible. I know. I blame you and I. You play golf, but somehow no, you're destroying my, it. It's not my doing. I think it is. Neil, you're are a you a millennial? 
I don't know. I'm 23. I what think, does that mean? No, oh, wait, that, maybe he's Gen Z. No, you're in some other generation. Oh, so he's actually more to blame. You know, for I all need this. a program for this because you I know, can't tell more, one generation I, from the next. <laughs> I've heard more of this boomer talk today in this office than I have on any social media <laughs> I'm on. On any, I mean, I haven't even heard my friends talk about this. I've heard you two and everybody else in the office today talk about this. Okay, boomer. Than I've than I've heard it all. I've I, heard you say Neil, okay, boomer, yeah, but I think you were doing it. I've in never, jest. I don't think I've ever said it once in my you life. Said it on the he air. He whispered it several uh, times under the. That under might have breath. been Blake. Maybe you're. Maybe I, you're, I uh, think you. I think you were just saying it as a joke. Out of curiosity, Neil, are you on the twitters? Because Twitter is talking yeah. about this. No, but I, eh, then maybe I don't follow anybody can, important enough. You can I, I hashtag Boomer and see how often it's no, coming up on the Twitters. I'm sure it's all over, but I, I just, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't really heard it. I haven't heard any of my friends really use it. I've heard Blake say it a couple times yeah. around the office, but it's been discussed all day today. Yeah. I've heard more talk about it today well, than I, I have at all. It's an interesting topic. No, I it have, is. I have a few more. I want to let you guys know what else millennials are killing, by the way. Millennials are killing napkins. The napkin industry They're killing is killing the destroyed. country, damn it. By, well, right. <laughs> And that's see, and that's where then I think some young people would be reading these things on the internets and thinking, you know what? Okay, boomer. And that's that's the fight back. It's not articulated well, and it's not necessarily something that I advocate. But I think I can figure out where it's coming. I from. don't think most millennials are represented by that. That's by also that. true. I don't think. I think you know. You go to social media, and this is something I said this morning when we were talking about this, and that is, it appears to be louder than it really is. Yes. Just because it's on social media. I don't think it represents the majority of your generation. Every argument that's made on Twitter that makes the actual like nightly news or makes national news is silly to me because it's a very small minority of people that usually believe yeah. any of those things. They're just the ones that are screaming the loudest. Right, and that platform lets them scream really loud, sure. apparently. Uh, 24 couple, hours a day. A couple more things. What happens? This was a scare headline with a, a you know very long article about how terrible this would be. What happens when millennials run your workplace? Mark, what happens when a millennial runs your workplace? Well, that is a headline out there. Okay, I don't know. I know what. you don't mind. Well, I've never worked in one where a millennial Was ran the charge. workplace. And then last thing, why do millennials hate fabric softener? We don't know, but we're killing that generation, You don't too. use that? We're, apparently, we don't. You'll get a shock off the clothes. That's know. what I'm reading online. i, I got to take a quick break on the Craig Collins Show. We can debate this a little bit more. BC.com. Just a couple more minutes on this half hour of the Craig Collins Show, and then we've got to take a break for news. But I wanted to finish the conversation by letting Mark speak a little bit more. Oh, no, more. that's all right. Uh, the OK Boomer thing is trending all over the place. You're seeing it. Neil's not seeing it, but the rest of us are seeing it a lot of places. Um, and so I think there's a more developed conversation around that idea that you and I want to have that maybe the millennials and these Gen Zers who are sharing the sentiment online don't want to have. You know, part of it is impatience. Millennials, Gen Zers, whatever you want to call them, whatever they are. It's not any different than it's ever been. I mean, I was a teenager at one time. Mm -hmm. I was in my early 20s. Uh, but I never remember younger people being as impatient as they are now. They want everything right now. They want their career right now. They want their accomplishments right now. They want their coffee right now. Their Everything's promotions right now, right, right yeah, now. I got you. Uh, they want to be at the top of the mountain. Well, you, you, can, you can try to do that, but you can't acquire the knowledge right now. That takes a long period of time. You know, there's a saying, and you've heard it, if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> how much more successful I'd be at whatever, yes. marriage, business, investing, whatever. Well, there's a reason that you didn't know what you know now. That's because it takes time to acquire it. Mm -hmm. 
And OK Boomer is, shut up, I'm in a hurry, you're wasting my time. It is a demonstration of arrogance, as you're saying, that, that you should not have at a younger age. But I still think, and I said this this morning when we were talking about it in the newsroom, I don't think that phrase represents the majority of young people. It does not. And I think that it's a disservice for it, just by its very existence, to the majority of people from your generation or younger who don't act that way. Well, there's a great article. On you N- get stamped. You get labeled. Right, to go along. There's a great article on NBC News that, that fully agrees with you that you can look up today why the uh, OK Boomer is hurting Gen Z much more than the older generation it's targeting. Uh, so check that article out. Thank you, Mark, for hanging in a little bit longer. I wanted to talk about this. I'm late for a break. Got to take another okay, break on the Craig Collins Show. Today is a national holiday. Um, I might start celebrating more national holidays a la Scott Miller when he used to do this shift. And today's I just found tremendously funny, so I wanted to share it. Today is national pizza, but not just like regular pizza day. It's pizza with the works except anchovies day. That is November 12th. It is pizza with the works, and then very specifically, no anchovies uh, day. I guess the people who created this holiday, and I don't know where people create these things now, probably just the Internet, uh, they really hate anchovies, but the types of toppings you can get to celebrate today are olives, pepperonis, sausage, peppers, onions. Uh, you can go crazy, go with mushrooms, bacon, pineapple. Anything is approved. Uh, just no anchovies. Uh, not a lot of people eat pizza with anchovies, I don't think. Neil, are you an anchovy guy? I don't mind them. Do you? You yeah. throw them on a pizza? I mean, if they're on there, I'll eat them. I don't know if I would go out of my way to do it. It's just, it's not... Something I would normally order, but I would eat it if it's on there. Okay. So you'll you'll take it with all the other you would celebrate National Pizza with the Works Day and you would have no exception. Yes. Or is there an exception? Do you do you go pineapple? See, you know what? That that might be the only thing I knew I, it. I don't like pineapple on pizza. It doesn't make any sense. It's too sweet. Y- yeah, way it too should, sweet. Right. Don't, it doesn't don't like that. Right, yeah. It competes with everything else. It's like putting ketchup on a hot dog to a Chicago person. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, not good. All right. Uh, in other news. Today, I saw this story about how we make a lot of mistakes sometimes in the workplace or other places, and there is a very simple tip uh, that could improve all of those little mental things that you do wrong, and it's just meditating for a few minutes a day to help reduce your error-prone workday or your daily tasks. And I was curious, Neil, if maybe you'd like to meditate live on air. Let's do it. Okay, let's meditate a little on the air. Uh, This is actually a form of meditation called open monitoring meditation it is very focused on you know where you're at currently and i have some questions to ask as we do it but i guess first we should slow down be quiet self-reflect neil how do you feel today i'm good i'm happy okay Mm -hmm. who are you who am i yeah question number two on this list of eight I know. We got deep fast. Do you know who you are? Just, you can just say that. I, I think my name's Neil. Okay. Uh, just trying to uh, do a good job with the news this afternoon. That's, that's hey, Neil, are you sitting straight up? Uh, trying to, yes. Can you feel your hands, Neil? Yes. Do you feel the presence of your hands? I think so. <laughs> good. Uh, do you feel past and future existence? Do you know if anything really existed before now and after now? Oh, wow. Or are you in just the right now? Wow. That that got deep. It did. Hang out in the right now with me, Neil. What will be the next thing to pop through your mind? Erase your mind and then tell me what pops into it. 
thinking about dinner. I know what you actually were thinking about. Okay, Boomer popped into your brain. <laughs> where is the exact location of all of your perceptions? Can you find it, Neil? Can you find where in your brain your perceptions are located? Think. Mine are back here. I found them. How will this meditation session affect my ratings? Number seven on the list. Probably not well. Last question on the list, then i got to take a break. Does this really exist at all, or are we all a figment of our own imaginations? This is The Craig Collins Show. Now, back to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. We are a few minutes away from the 4 p.m. word of the hour. Uh, we do 4K a day, four times a day. We give away 1000 bucks, and I'm going to give it away in about five minutes or so. Uh, right here on The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Um, holiday parties are a thing that's going to start happening more and more. We're, we have a holiday party here, but it's not the station. Scott Miller and Murphy are throwing the party, right? That's right. There's a lot of prizes. There's going to be raffles and giveaways. I don't know what the uh, the budget is for that. that that's impressive. They're going to you know deck the, the halls out here at the station and have a party for several hours in the lobby. Uh, what time is it at, uh, Neil? I believe it starts at 4.30. Oh, uh, so they don't like you and I. Yeah. So it's, they just don't like us at all. When does it end? Uh, I think six thirty. Okay, I'm, if I'm right. But right. Last I get it. Year, last year it did go. It did go late past the time that it was supposed to. People were just hanging out still. So I'm assuming that would be the case this year. But okay, I'm yeah. getting I'm getting the subtle message though. I'm picking it up there, Scotty. <laughs> um, this is interesting. It's not necessarily um, office party where you have the alcohol and the things you're used to. Something becoming quite a bit more popular in places where it's legal is the weed bar party. Have you heard about this? I don't know if I have. The Office Weed Party hmm. is a brand new thing. Uh, it will start next month, of course, for a lot of people around the country in the 11 states and D.C. where it's now weed-friendly to throw such a thing. They're called Cannabars. Uh, they are they come complete with bud tenders. Uh, would you want to change your Twitter name to Neil the Bud Tender? You want to stick uh, with Bartender Neil? I'm going to stick with Bartender. Okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, the bud tenders will come to your location. Now, granted, you have to buy the weed legally on your own. They don't bring it in. But you hire the staff to serve it. Uh, they come with a staple of, you know, different added benefits, which you actually pay different prices for. If you want a flower package, which means it's just the the bud tenders who are serving up uh, vaping uh, tubes or anything else you need to, to I guess, use the products. Uh, that's seven dollars and fifty cents per guest. Uh, if you want the alcohol and package, that's the beverage option. They'll also make mocktails that are infused with THC uh, in them. That is twelve fifty ahead, and then there is an overconsumption kit that is available to all bud tenders in case someone, you know, goes a little bit too far. That has a lot of different recipes to help you uh, come back, you know, to where you need to go before um, I guess you'd leave. About eighty-five percent of our businesses are still focusing on weddings. This is from the companies that are doing this, but it's certainly picking up to see more and more corporate events. Weed bars change the vibe of a company party. People will see their coworkers smoking and say, oh, you're a homie. We can hang outside of work now, uh, I guess, for anyone that is into that kind of thing. It'd be weird if that was suggested here, correct? And after January 1st, it's a thing that could could happen. Um, can you see many of our coworkers being down with a, a bud party, a can of bar? I don't really know, okay. to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I can think of a couple. I don't necessarily think I need to name them on the air. <laughs> But I can think of a couple that might enjoy it. The rest of us would be a little surprised. But at least there's an overconsumption kit available in case things go the wrong way. Call my friends and tell them there's a party come on by. Now just roll me up and smoke me when I die. This is the Craig Collins Show. 
Roll me up and smoke me when I die. We are talking about weed parties, which might start being a thing uh, at businesses and for holiday parties. And Brian, you called in and you got a comment about these kind of things or about at least visiting Colorado. How are you doing, man? Oh, yeah. I've visited Colorado since it's been legal out there probably five or six different times. I just got back from San Diego less than a month ago, and California just went recreational last year. So it's interesting even seeing, like, how different states do it, you know what I mean? Because some, like, Colorado and California are still completely opposite of, like, you know, California. If you go into a dispensary, man, you better not bust that stuff out in the building. Like, there's always people trying to bust it out in the building. Sure. No, 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 you're going to get us a $10,000 fine. and. You know, Jen Carrillo, she's over there going crazy now here trying to figure out a place for the potheads to smoke their weed. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny to me just to, like, you know, going from a place that's been doing it for years to seeing the, the baby steps that Illinois is taking. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, right. for a couple of years out in Colorado, you're walking around, and all of a sudden you're like, I think that guy's smoking weed. You're just walking, walking through, like, clouds everywhere? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just, wow. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, just constantly blazing up to where you're like, I think that guy's smoking weed. If you say it loud enough, he's like, here, you want to hit? See, I thought so. <laughs> Brian, you strike oh, yeah. me you strike me as the kind of guy that might go to a holiday weed party. Uh, am I right about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you why go. not? Or why not? Exactly. Once it's legal, why not? Yeah, well, thank you, not? For, thank you for calling yeah. in, man. Yeah. I hope to hear from you again here on the Craig Collins Show. Uh, that is, that's pretty funny, just walking through Colorado and uh, bumping into a bunch of people doing it. Uh, it is the time for the 4K word of the day, or at least the 4K word of the 4 o'clock hour. You can win $1,000 right now. Text the uh, national keyword, which I wish was related to my topic, but it's actually pay, P-A-Y, to 95819. That's pay, P-A-Y, to 95819. We'll text you back to confirm your entry. Data and message rates may apply. It's 4K a day with AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, Brian did mention one other thing when he was on hold that I thought was interesting. He said, why would this even be a topic to discuss? Why would this be a thing that I notice and kind of pull off the... uh, you know, the printer today, and it's because of the novelty of it, as he pointed out. It's that it's a brand new concept that in January here in Illinois, it's something that could happen. I'm not thinking that a lot of workplaces will embrace the uh, can of bar and have bud tenders show up for your next holiday party, but it's just, it's the novelty of the idea. It's certainly not something that's been around before. So the the fact that it could exist in the future to me is entertaining I know there's a lot of opinions both ways as to whether or not it's a good or bad thing for us here locally or for the state, but it is happening. And as people have pointed out on other shows on this station, people are are using these products even if we make them illegal. So I don't know how many people we're preventing in trying to, you know, go against the state and somehow stop things from existing here in Bloomington. Because I, I do have bad news for anyone that lives in the Bloomington normal area. There are people that smoke weed here. They they exist. And maybe having them be capable of doing it legally somehow benefits us. The taxes benefit us. There's got to be some amount of value there. And I know there will be challenges. I'm aware that one of the biggest concerns is the amount of people that would drive under the influence and that that would maybe be very different than the amount of people that do it when when something like that is illegal. And that's that's a good conversation to have. And I think one that our police, our, our law enforcement have to really consider how best to approach something like that but i'm not sure that we've seen a lot of that the other places where things have been legalized i don't think there is a huge uptick in the amount of accidents or the amount of you know people abusing certain things and then getting behind the wheel uh, just because something is legal so i guess it'll be something that we'll find out more about here but certainly yes brian the reason that i pulled it off the the printer today and talked about it all is just to me it's it's amusing 
that it's a thing that could exist uh, in general. Um, this caught my eye, and I'm going to put it up on the Craig Collins Show Facebook page. You can find us at uh, Craig Collins Show on Facebook. Um, a fish, this is a, a fish that was spotted, um, a woman found it in China, I guess, and it has a human face. Like, it has eyes, it has a nose, it has what appears to be teeth. It just looks very creepily like a human. I'm not sure if you've seen this photo over the last couple of days. Uh, she shot video of it, uh, and she says her name is uh, Mila Burroughs. She's 31. She was walking around. She approached what she thought would just be a normal, you know, fish for her three-year-old to, to point and look at. And then she goes, we, we were just walking along the beach, and it washed up far from the shoreline and caught our attention. I originally thought it was just a plain old fish, nothing exciting, but I still wanted to show my three-year-old. Then as we got closer, I saw the teeth, and I was shocked because I've never seen anything like it before. I'm not sure what they were, but I'm guessing they have even more teeth. It is, it is kind of creepy, though. I do recommend. I know this is a audio medium. I know that I can't show you a photo here, so that's why the magic of social media is so wonderful. Go to my Facebook page and check out the fish with a human face because it's kind of creepy, and it's a, it's a long uh, fish. like It's a big uh, koi, I guess, so it just uh, it was something else to, to check out. I don't know how you react to that, too. Like, the does the child get scarred? Is three the age when you can be scarred by a face, a human face on a fish? Is that the kind of thing that now you just can't go to any any places? You can't go to an aquarium ever? You're like, I don't want to see the human face, Mom. And so those sort of things are just out? I don't know. Uh, but it is, again, something that you should check out online uh, on the Craig Collins Show Facebook page. One other story real quick, and I have about a minute until we break for news. Uh, a baby was given free entry to a nightclub for the rest of his life because on Monday he was born there. Uh, a 19-year-old is in the local news because she was at a club. Now, granted, her friends said they brought her to this establishment because she was feeling sad, she was feeling down, she wasn't getting to hang out with her friends, she was obviously rather pregnant. Uh, she wasn't drinking or partying or anything like that. She was actually just sitting kind of along the side and, and interacting with people. The bar closes at about 5 o'clock, when one of the staff rushes up to the manager and says, um, we need you, it's urgent, she could then see the woman in the area giving birth. So someone calls emergency medical service. They get on the phone and talk this, these people, these, these bartenders and these managers, through delivering a child, and she has a, you know, a healthy baby. Um, the mother is obviously ecstatic that everything went okay um, and thanked everyone for it. And then the bar, which is always smart to do, know know the right move uh, and this bar is out of france by the way they chose to give free drinks and free access to the to the nightclub to that baby for the rest of her life so congratulations to the family for your new kid and what an interesting way uh what an interesting story to tell them one day That is Marcus King and the Marcus King Band, man. That is something else. This is from a hometown jam throwdown. It's a hometown throwdown from July 13th on YouTube. Uh, this is pretty sick, man. This is great. Well, Marcus, welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Doing? I know you've been traveling around a little bit, and uh, I'm thrilled that you could come in studio. Uh, the show tonight starts at what time? It starts at uh, 7 p.m. doors, 8 p.m. Aaron Lee Tashin goes on, and uh, we go on at 9-ish. Have you played Castle before? We never played Castle before. We've come through and played Peoria, Illinois, at Kenny's West Side Pub. Shout out to Kenny's. Uh, it's our first time in Bloomington. Nice. What do you think it's so far the Bloomington Normal? 
Man, I love it. Yeah, you I do. I love it. It's just got that small town vibe that I really love to see. Yeah. Um. So, how many members of the band perform tonight? We got a six-piece group. Look at that, man. Yeah. Um. And how how long are you guys going to play for? Is it kind of like a jam? Is there going to be a lot of improvising, a lot of extended, you know, intros to stuff? Is that how it's going to work? That's what we try to do, man. We there bring a little improvisation to it. Uh. You know, we're playing a lot from the new record and some from the previous albums as well. That's awesome. Uh, you brought a guitar, which is my favorite thing ever. Uh, when people come in and play live in studio, that's what this is what AM radio was supposed to be for a while, right? Like music yeah. on, on the radio, it doesn't get better than this. Uh, so you're going to perform for us live in studio, and this is just a taste of what you could find tonight if you go out to Castle and, and hang out with Marcus. Uh, what do you want to play? Uh, let's play some new music for you. All right, cool. Pop this in the middle between us here. Hey, you do whatever you need to do, man. All right. Beautiful stranger. Come here quite often. I don't know your name. I know what you drink You got a secret But it's one you can't keep, baby Oh, beautiful stranger You're an angel to me God, that was good, man. Thank I can't you. even believe I have to take a break. I'm I'm like, dude, I have like the chills right now. That was incredible. Oh, thanks, man. I got a break because I can't handle it right now. Nick, we got to talk to you about this guy because that is something else to bring the student studio. Marcus, thank you for joining us. You are at Castle tonight. Yes, sir. Are you going to play any, any acoustic stuff? 
Yeah. Okay, there you go, man. <laughs> Fantastic. you got a big, giant band. You're going to improvise a lot of stuff, but you also are going to play songs like that. I feel like I should still be, like, fanning the microphones off. Uh, Marcus King just destroyed the studio a little bit. That was incredible. Uh, <laughs> Nick Leroy is sitting here, too. What's Nick, up? how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Man. Great. You, you, Sun's shining. I know. You were singing the praises of Marcus uh, the last few days, and I, I checked out the stuff, and I was like, he, he seems great. But when you see it live in person and you hear it, I mean, dude, Wow. Uh, he's playing tonight. What else you guys got coming up at the castle? Man, you know, our calendar's always stacked full of a little bit of everything for everybody, but uh, we got that Pink Floyd Laser Spectacular happening on the 15th. I would urge people to check that out. Cody Canada's coming up November 19th. Houndmouth. Houndmouth's a great rock band that uh, is just doing cool things, and uh, we're happy to have them again uh, November 20th. But uh, castletheater.com, you know, it's awesome. full of good stuff. Uh, and we'll give away two sets of tickets, actually, right now. We'll give it away two different ways because social media is important, but I understand that the show's tonight, and maybe you're driving a car and you still want to win tickets. So I'll give tickets to the seventh caller that calls into the station right, right now. now. You'll get Call two in. tickets to the Marcus King Band uh, performing tonight at Castle. And then you have two uh, more tickets available on your social media pages, right? Yeah. Go to Texas at the Castle Theater page. Um, Texas, your name, and we'll pull a random winner, and we'll message you right back for two cool. tickets tonight. So hurry up to our social media page, castletheater.com. Castle Theater on Facebook, on any mm-hmm. of the social media platforms. Send them a direct message and say, hey, I really want those tickets to Marcus King. Tell us how bad you want them. Right, tell us how bad and why you want them. Uh, Marcus, real quick, pull that microphone in front of you uh, for just a second. I'm curious, man, um, that voice that you have, like when – do you, have you just had that? Like, did you come out of the womb and like just all of a sudden you were hitting on that raspy note and you just had those those vocal chops? Where's that come from? Ah oh, man, I started singing when I was about thirteen years old. Yeah, and uh, and you and, sounded like that? No, no. Okay, <laughs> it's just something I've been working on and uh, put my body through it. You know, yeah. lived it uh, as much as I could. Wow. Just, How do you like playing with a band and then being able to to drop some? Do you play a lot of the acoustic stuff solo? I do a lot of the acoustic stuff solo, and that's a smaller part of the show. You know, a big part of it is we uh, we've got horns. You know, we've got Hammond organ. Yeah. So it's a great big show, and it's a fun time. Yeah, you'll get to hear the full band version of that song, "Beautiful Stranger," that I just played, and and a lot more. Yeah, uh, go out there. It's cold in in Bloomington. It's cold and normal. It is the kind of night that you need to go out and do something to feel. It's You're right. It's gonna be hot at <laughs> Castle Theater. It's gonna be on fire out there, man. Uh, Nick, I hope to talk to you a lot more. I know we got a lot more coming yeah, up man. on the pipeline. Let's do I that. I think we've teased some yeah. of this idea, some NTL sound check sessions. Sound check sessions coming at you in January. Yeah, yeah, maybe get out to some of the venues and talk to some of these guys as they're setting up, yeah. as they're getting ready to perform, get some sound from the area. But if you want to hear Marcus King tonight, just go out uh, to their Facebook pages or call in right now, and we'll give it away. I, I see some callers flashing in. Uh, the seventh caller wins tickets tonight. Uh, it's a castle theater. Thanks again to both of you guys for coming in. I know you were just traveling, so it was like rushing to the theater. Now you rushed to a sound check. But thank you for being here, man. That was awesome. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, all right. Uh, more Craig Collins show coming up in just a second. I'm playing that later tonight, too. Beautiful stranger. Come quiet open. I don't know your name. This is Marcus King performing just about, you know, 20 minutes ago, live in studio. The thing about this is, here, hold on. He walked in off the, you know, 
street. He's driving in from Peoria, I guess. They were doing some uh, other radio stuff out there. And uh, within five minutes, I put him on the air. They were throwing a uh, guitar in his hand, and he just kills it, man. That is a great voice. He's at Castle tonight. I gave away my set of tickets on the radio, so you can't get them by calling in. You can get them by going to Castle's Facebook page, at Castle Theater, and just sending them a message and asking for some free tickets. And one lucky winner will get two tickets to that show tonight. And like I said, it's cold outside. You don't want to be cooped up all night. You want to go have fun. And that, that to me, is a, a great experience, I would assume. And he's got a whole band that plays with him, too. Neil, what would you think of him? Got to get my mic ready over here. He was very good. Yes, this is I, very, I very good. I was enjoying just sitting here listening. I know. I, I wanted him to do the rest of the show. I would have just <laughs> sat here. It's fine. They had to leave because they have to sound check and stuff because yep. they're performing tonight. But, man. Uh, one more set of tickets is out there to get uh, to get if you go to Castle Theater's Facebook page and just shoot them a message. Uh, connected to, you know, listening to that, uh, half of people listen to music uh-huh. while they work, and it apparently makes them much more f- efficient. Uh, I know that music can be a sore topic sometimes in the workplace because you can't really listen that loud. Or you might annoy the people around you, but if you throw on a pair of headphones like I have, like Neil has, like everyone in radio has... Uh, do you listen while you're prepping news? Do you have music going in the headphones? Uh, normally not. I'm normally listening to sound or, you okay. know, trying to cut, you know, make some cuts and things like that. So we have, uh, you know, some sound for our news. So I normally don't. I mean, I uh, if I am writing something and I don't really need any, you know, any, you know, I'm not cutting up any new sound for the story, maybe I'll put it on. But I, very, rare, very I, rare. I wonder if we could do a thing where for a segment we play music in your headphones that's not heard on the radio and then also see how you do, see how I do, trying to do our jobs while music is playing. Ooh, that and would be rough. It would be testing the full the full strength of this yeah. idea. But half of people who work apparently love, um, you know, the soothing effects of the music, the, the productivity goes up because you just feel like you're in a better mood while you're finishing tasks. Uh, it motivates you more. You finish things about three minutes faster when you're listening to music than if you weren't. Researchers say it's because the effect on your mood and your mental and your physical performance, everything essentially goes up when you hear music. And I wonder if Marcus King has that same effect on people. Beautiful stranger. I feel pretty good right now. Don't be quiet yeah, I, I think I can do this. You know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to listen to Marcus King and have an, an, another segment all planned out for you guys in just a minute, including why one in six people that throws and hosts a Thanksgiving event usually winds up regretting it. But... More Craig Collins show in just a minute. You got a secret. What is one you can't keep, baby? Oh, beautiful stranger. You're an angel. I want to talk to you about why people regret throwing a Thanksgiving event. Uh, have you hosted Thanksgiving, Neil? Do you guys host it? I normally go. It's you know normally hosted by other parts of the family. This mm-hmm. year I'm heading up to Michigan for my dad's side of the family. So, there you go. Uh, no, I I personally normally do not. Do you guys cook? Uh, do you actually specifically cook something? Is that a family tradition? Yeah, we normally now. I don't. This year we're actually we're going like I said on my dad's side, and we're actually we're going we're getting an Airbnb because parts of the other family nice. are coming and it's kind of uh, fancy. We're, we're making it more accessible for my my grandma. She's getting a little bit older, so we're we're going to meet up with uh, all of them up uh, in the Michigan area. I think Niles is where where we're going. Sure. Um, but so I think we're going to cook. I don't. 
I would doubt we're getting it catered. So normally, yeah. I mean, normally for Thanksgiving, everybody kind of pitches in and, and makes something. So. What's your what's your go-to item? What do you make? The last couple of years when we've done Thanksgiving, my dad has had this obsession where we have fried a turkey. <laughs> so we, we've we handled the turkey, so him and I have kind of helped, and uh, we get the turkey fryer out. Nice. I don't, we, we've done it now a couple of years. It, it turns out always pretty good yeah so it's it's hard to kind of mess up anything fried but are you familiar with turducken do you know what that is oh yeah okay oh, yeah. see blake didn't know what it was the other day uh, when we were talking about it because there's a turducken chip now uh pringles has a turducken really? chip out there yes mm. although i think it's actually a kit and you put several of their potato chips together and then eat them all at the same time in true tur- turducken style uh, but yeah you got to deep fry a turducken that's that's it's a whole unique experience yeah, I'm sh- yeah. i don't think it all cooks evenly by the way <laughs> so it's a risky play but uh, you can figure that out. Uh, one in six people, though, regret hosting or, or you know, um, holding the event at their place. The biggest benefit to doing it, it says about 59% of people like the fact that they get full control over the menu, which to me doesn't sound logical. Anytime that I go to thanks, I've never hosted it, but anytime we go anywhere, people always ask what you want, and then I assume they get a whole bunch of requests, and they usually have. My family usually makes a lot of the stuff that we like, and we try to get a bunch of people together. So I, I don't know how true that is, but 17% of people who've hosted at Thanksgiving end up regretting it because it's just too much work. That's one in six people that say going in, it seemed like a really good idea. It seemed like a lot of fun to have it at my house. Uh, but then after it's all over, they're like, you know what? I'm not doing this again. We do. My brother, uh, for whatever reason, once he got his house, and he's my younger brother, they bought a house a few years ago, and they just became obsessed with throwing it. So... More often than not, they're the ones that hold it. And it, it seems like it stresses his wife out a lot, who does way more of the cooking than he does. But she keeps doing it every year. So, you know, more power to her. The food's delicious. It just seems like there's a lot of stress going into that whole situation. Yeah, it, you know, it's not the holidays if there isn't a little bit of stress. That's a good point. You're right. You're right. If there's not some alcohol uh, stress <laughs> relief at some point and somebody gets in a fight that's like 20 years old, yeah. you got to have one argument that's been cooking for a long, long time. And that's usually the way that holidays go. Um, but a lot of obviously fun is had. 80% of Americans say they've hosted it at least once. 21% of the people who hosted it pretended to enjoy that experience. Uh, 74% of people go to the grocery store at least twice to get different ingredients when they're hosting a, a party. 29% of us would rather give up our phone for a month than host Thanksgiving. That sounds extreme. I don't think a full month makes sense to me. Uh, 42% of men would rather give up football for a month than have to do anything for Thanksgiving, which that I, that could make more sense. I mean, football is a tradition on Thanksgiving Day, but... I don't want to do stuff. I just like to eat stuff. Plus, people don't want my cooking, Neil. They don't. <laughs> no one wants it. I mean, I remember as a little kid, you had the rule, like, everyone makes something. Right. And Craig got to make, like, a side dish a few times, and then eventually Craig got to open the jar of can- canberry stuff, uh, cranberry sauce, and just put that in. And, like, that was Craig he made. Oh. He prepared, too. Sure. That's, yeah. I mean, the whole family realized that Craig was not the skilled person I didn't follow recipes. I thought that I was like, you know, my own chef. Yeah, you could just kind of free will it. I could wing it. Mm -hmm. And if it had like 20 things of salt, 20 scoops of salt in there, that's fine. Everybody will love it when it comes out. It might be a little salty. You think so? I don't think. I think it could use more salt. I have in my hand the Macy's Black Friday ad, 2019 ad, and these keep leaking now. And I think that some of this stuff is already on sale. I know Walmart has stuff on sale. I know a lot of places are doing like a... 
days of Christmas as opposed to, you know, a big Black Friday thing or a days of, of Thanksgiving even. Um, but um, Macy's has got a bunch of stuff on sale. Are you a Black Friday shopper, Neil? I've gone before. It's not not tradition. I mean, it's okay. just kind of depends on the year. All right. But mm-hmm. uh, you do love the sweet, sweet discounts of it, or do you do uh, Cyber Monday? Maybe you're more of a Cyber Monday guy. I mean, I mean, I don't normally I'm not doing it for the discounts now. I mean, obviously, that's a perk of it. But it's just more if I want to go and experience mm-hmm. the Black Friday shopping. I mean, and I have done the Cyber Monday where I have bought things if I find things that I. But you actually you like to go out and about in the community here and spend on the brick and mortars, which helps our, our cities, right. by the way. So that's very good. That's right. Because of the experience. That's nice. That's I do that, too. I do the cyber shop and i do all of it i like the discounts though because i don't have that sweet news money that you and blake have <laughs> yeah that just seems incredible uh-huh. over there uh-huh. um i can't wait i i want to get a bunch of like smart technology things which i have to wait for those to go on sale online um because i want a bunch more smart things in my house which i know they're spying on me and my wife hates it but i, I don't care they turn my lights on all the time uh, some of the biggest items that macy's is selling they got vacuum cleaners that are going to be like 200 dollars off Dyson Stick Vacuums, those sound pretty good. Ninja Kitchen Appliances, do you have a sweet blender by chance or no? Uh, not a sweet one. We have three. Really? My wife is obsessed huh. with trying to, like, juice things. Yeah. She likes to, you know, put vegetables and fruits and smoothies and make them all the time in the morning, and they're very good. But apparently, you know, these blenders are not all made the same, Neil. You need one type of blender for one thing. You need another one for something else. Sometimes you got to do two at the same time. I don't know. A lot's going on there, but we have multiple ninjas. We have the the other really popular one uh, that came out a while ago, and I yeah, she's making smoothies all the time. Those are on sale. Nice. Sounds like I'm going to get another okay. one. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. add to the collection. Yep. I can't wait. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> uh, we there's a panini maker for Ooh. twenty bucks. That sounds like a studio thing. My brother and I, when we were in high school, we went through a panini stage just made a lot of panini like we'd get home after school probably didn't even need to eat but we would just fire the paninis out if you didn't know who neil doyle was as a person like he didn't go through like a drinking phase or a pot phase no 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 him and his brother in high school panini phase it was tough did you have to kick it did you guys go through like a Uh, well yeah because when we started packing on the pounds uh it was okay maybe we shouldn't be eating paninis i can't imagine how hard it was for you and your brother to get off of paninis (laughs) Neil Doyle's coming up with news. Keep the paninis out of his hands. Can't be trusted. You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This is The Craig Collins Show on WJBC, and every once in a while I get to talk to cool people locally who are doing uh, interesting things and maybe even winning kind of Nobel Peace Prizes, sort of. I mean, it's the Science Nobel Peace Prize from the Indianapolis Zoo, right? Uh, my guest, Paul Ritter, is on the line with me, right, Paul? It's sort of like a Nobel Peace Prize. Gosh, Craig, it's so exciting. Uh, it, it is the uh, the Nobel Peace Prize of species conservation globally, and uh, uh, it's really humbling to uh, have my students and others uh, uh, around the state uh, being recognized for what they're doing. Yeah, so you are a teacher at uh, Pontiac, the Township High School there. Uh, Paul Ritter is your name. You are a science teacher. You started this program, though, called Operation Endangered Species uh, in conjunction with the students there, and I think you guys are a lot of different places. But tell us a little bit about the uh, the operation itself. Back uh, back in 2011, uh, I, was, uh, I, was at, uh, I was the president of the Illinois Science Teachers Association, and, and I was... Um, working with uh, 
our association at our national conference. And uh, as we were doing it, I, I got to meet a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Brady Barr. Dr. Brady Barr uh, was a resident herpetologist for National Geographic. He had a TV show on uh, Dangerous Encounters. And, you know, we were sitting down and doodling on, on napkins to kind of come up with ideas engaging students in real opportunities in conservation biology and healthy species. Uh, went back uh, went back to Pontiac High School, working with uh, one of my colleagues, Dr. Mike Soares. He's an English teacher there. And uh, we developed Operation Endangered Species by going to the kids and saying, hey, if you could uh, pick a species to work with uh, and, and bring it in the classroom, what would you do? And, and you know, obviously, uh, uh, cheetahs and uh, so, uh South American crocodiles were out of the <laughs> out of the question, you know, and then yeah. so we had to come up with something that would work in a classroom, and the kids chose alligator snapping turtle, and so I, I reached out to uh, Joe Calf, the uh, uh, major species manager at IDNR, and I said, "Hey, um, this is something we want to do," and he said, uh, "Well." You know, if we want to go down that road and you guys are really interested, it's going to it's going to take some funding. And, and uh, thanks to the hard, hard work uh, of a lot of people, but uh, Dr. Soares and myself and uh, and everybody else, we, we were able to secure uh, a grant for one hundred thousand dollars from the State Farm Youth Advisory Board, which which we went back to DNR and said, hey, we're ready to go. And uh uh, we started with seven alligator snapping turtles. There was zero uh, in the wild since 1983. Uh, and and uh, we said, okay, we're ready to go. And so we got uh, our first seven uh, from the uh, they were at the Peoria Zoo at the time. And we worked with Peoria Zoo, which is an amazing organization, too. And um, we started by raising the classroom to show that we could do that and uh, giving them a variety of diet and so from there, it just expanded to a whole bunch of schools, including uh, down in the Bloomington Normal area. You got uh, Parkside Junior High, which is uh, Jen Carey and her kids, and uh, even Janet Beach Davis over at Heartland Community College. And so we work with kids up in Whitney Young Magnet School up in Chicago with uh, their teacher, Todd Katz, and Lamont High School. We're all over. And so the idea then became, okay, this is a, a pilot project project which is an eight-year program uh we also need to be looking at other species and, and the kids the kids you know hey we want to do this and we want to do that and so we've expanded operation endangered species from the beginning but um it's always been about kids making an impact uh locally with species that are around them and, and if you think about it um, it comes down to we, we've been hearing, hey, let's save the whales, save the whales. And I think whales are awesome and we should save whales. But um, how many whales have you seen in Bloomington? Lately? <laughs> um, not many. No, I have not. Uh, so well, that, that's the whole idea. Tell me what this has meant to the kids to go through the experience of kind of, you know, maybe better appreciating some of the the animals they're at risk and some of the ways in which our environment is at risk. Uh, what kind of lessons have you seen or, you know, well, what kind of things have they said about it? You know, it, it makes it real. It makes it, it makes it hit home. It makes them able to actually physically do something about it. We always hear uh, people talk about things, 
but until you physically do it, get your hands dirty, measure them, weigh them, feed them, make sure that nothing happens to them. Uh, when you get that level of engagement uh, at, at whatever level, we've had kids as, as young as second grade and, and, and on. And so uh, it's something they never forget. And so by giving them the opportunity to make that change, uh, it, it, it becomes internal. It, it, it changes them exponentially forever. And, and we're not going to get kids to appreciate things that they have no connection with. So, I mean, it's, it's no surprise. We have fewer and fewer kids who are engaged um, at many levels in our environment. And so uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like I was talking to the endangered species manager, you know, to find, uh, to find conservation biologists uh, is becoming increasingly difficult because um, they're not physically doing it. And so yeah. what we're doing is changing the ball game for these kids. We're allowing them to be the equal with all these professionals, and they're getting the respect of that. So how often do we get kids like, hey, go sit in the corner, let the adults do it? No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, hey, these kids are doing everything to make this happen and they they get that respect that is equal. Yeah, uh, I mean honestly, it's tremendous because in today's digital age, with so few things being hands-on lessons compared to what they were before, it's tremendous to think that a program like this exists, that it's blown up as much as it has, and that you have a chance to win two hundred fifty thousand dollars in additional money from the Indianapolis Zoo, along with being recognized for a very prestigious award. How many people uh, nationally get get nominated for something like this? Uh, there's 31 globally. Globally. Uh, 31 globally. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we're the only we're the only one uh, that not only we're the only one that that doesn't have uh, uh, the institution name or sure. or the PhD with it, but it, we're the one that um, that's a high school and junior high school and grade school and uh, it, it, it's it's very interesting. To think about the fact that that we're literally in in uh, uncharted water. Well, is I it mean, is it fair then to compare it to some other great Midwest things like say the Hoosiers team or, or Rudy? Are you guys the Rudy of this group of thirty one people trying to win this thing? Well, I don't know if we're the Rudy, but I, I'm I'm listening to the background uh, of the. Oh yes, oh yes. Oh, I, I'm listening to that right now as you're saying it. So uh, I can I imagine myself at the at at at, at the football, you know, or exactly. the basketball. Half yeah, they're not. They're not cheering Rudy. They're cheering Paul, 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 and they're pushing you guys on. Uh, congratulations, they're, man! I'm thrilled to highlight they're this. Cheering, Go ahead. They're cheering kids, man. And, right. And, uh, and and that's what it's about. And and I and I I need to. You, you, sometimes you have to ask yourself, is this a species conservation program or, or is it a program uh, to build uh, the future leaders of our world? And, and I would contend that it's both. Man, that is, you're a wonderful teacher. I, I can't imagine the amount of people that have been impacted by you. I can't imagine the amount of people that say that like you're one of their favorite teachers they've ever had. It just sounds like you have that, that hustle, that drive that makes uh, a person in your profession really special. So 
Thank you for jumping on with me, Paul. Thank you for talking about it. I hope you guys win. I know there's a bunch of judges and things that go on. I don't know if it ever gets to a, a public court of opinion, but if there's any way people can, can chime in and vote, get back on the show and tell us how to help. I, I will do that. And, and uh, I just want to say thank you to all the people who are involved in this and the kids who uh, have made this happen. Yeah, I just, I'm just the chief cheerleader, right? So mm-hmm. I, I get behind them and, and go, hey, keep on going. And whatever we can do to help these kids to, to make that kind of a level of impact. And I'm I'm thankful that I, I get to teach at Pontiac High School, but I, I'm thankful even more that I get to work with uh, amazing kids uh, that call uh, Central Illinois home. And, and Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're tremendous kids. They really are. Cool. Thank you. You are Paul Ritter. You are a science teacher at Pontiac Township High School. Uh, you're up for a $250,000 award, so uh, I hope you guys win. I hope you guys uh, do well. But thanks for joining the show. I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks. You guys have a great night. Thank you. You too. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I got about a minute until we got some news for you with Neil Doyle. Uh, But first, I want to talk about Amazon. Apparently, Amazon is focusing more on teachers as well. We were just talking to Paul Ritter, a great teacher out of Pontiac uh, and Pontiac High School uh, that's doing some cool things and might win a a pretty prestigious um, award, a pretty prestigious grant for his organization. Um, Amazon is trying to allow teachers to sell a lot of their materials, their lesson plans, their worksheets, games, any other online materials. And I know there's a bunch of other places that do this, but maybe since this is a bigger place, and actually it, it technically has been doing parts of this since 2016, they're just kind of trying to highlight it more now. It's called Amazon Inspire. It is a service specifically for teachers to buy and sell those resources that you're making, that you're you know, putting a lot of time and effort into, and maybe you know, spending some money on that you could use a little kickback on. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm with you for another 20 minutes, and then you got Dave Ramsey to get you through the rest of the night if you hang out with us all night. Um, I like this article that I found on Vice.com. It's talking about how, at least for this one writer's experience, men don't drink enough water. And apparently it's a, a thing specific to men, although she does point out early on that there is a, a Mel report, a Mel magazine report, that covers a bunch of hydro haters. These are people that they interviewed who just, this is all genders, you know, who just hate water. Uh, one woman is quoted in that report as saying, even if there was absolutely no other option, I usually just don't drink anything because there are hydro haters out there. One famous one is Odell Beckham Jr. He was the former uh, receiver for the New York Giants. He now plays for the Cleveland Browns. He hated water so much that he wouldn't drink it during games, and he would get dehydrated uh, toward his last season in New York, and he would get IVs during halftime. This is a guy that hated water so much he would be IV'd in the locker room to make sure that he kept his his energy level up and he had his, his fluids correct uh, because he just refused to drink water. But anyway, this, this writer advice went to the subreddit, Ask Men, and she asked men, of course, that's how that works, why they don't drink water, and if they knew that you were supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day. And then the answers, and also the names, the usernames of the people, I'm not going to read them here because they're, some of them, intense, but I'm not surprised that these are the people giving answers where they don't drink a lot of water. One user said that he drinks two water a day. He didn't say cups of water. He didn't say, he said, I have two water 
per day, just two, no more. That's all I'm doing. He won't do the eight glasses. Although I'm really curious what two is. Maybe they're like giant jugs. Maybe he's getting more than enough. Another man bristled at the mandate in general when he was asked about it on Reddit and said, eight glasses seems insanely high. Why would you guzzle water all day long um, in order to do that? The Mayo Clinic recommends that a man living in you know, regular climate that's of average size should drink about 15 cups of water per day, uh, 3.7 liters of fluids of water. Uh, that sounds like a, a decent amount, but it's weird. When I found this story and started reading it, I realized, you know what? I don't know that I drink water all the time. I don't know that that's, I like flavors and, and other things. I've had like two sodas since I've been at the radio station today, and I know they're terrible for me. I go to the Y. Hopefully that helps burn off some of that, but I'm not sure that I turn to just plain water. I don't hate it. I'm not a water hater. Like the people that are, hydro haters is such an aggressive term. That's so interesting. Um, but yeah, apparently there's a bunch of people out there that don't do it. This writer said that a, a lot of her past relationships, a lot of the guys that she had dated recently, just didn't seem to care at all. Uh, but drink two to four glasses of water first thing in the morning is the recommendation. Drink a glass. Every time you have to go to the restroom, uh, after you go to the bathroom, apparently you should refuel. And then, you know, you'll be fine if you just follow it that way. But, yeah, it's a weird story for me to think that a lot of people don't do it and then to realize, you know, I could probably get a little bit more water uh, myself personally. I know my newsman, Neil, who is a, a human that lives 99% of his life correctly, appropriately, like you're, you're living the optimum life 99% of the time, except when paninis are involved, you have water every day. I, yes, I normally drink water every day. How many cups? I don't know. I would probably guess three. Oh, okay. Are they three are or they, four? Are they more than eight ounces though per cup? Because I think you're still hitting it. Ooh, yeah. Then I'm. I think I'm over. Yeah. Okay. I would think Thank closer God. to twelve a cup. Thank God. Otherwise, yeah. we'd need to have a talk. That would get very serious. <laughs> no, but you. I asked you that because I, I think that I've known some other guys that they turn to things other than water to drink, like Gatorade or soda. And you're like, no, man. Every single day, I'm drinking the water. Yeah, I start my day with the coffee, and then I mean, I might do like a like a tea or something in there. Oh, get or, crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, normally I try to drink some water while I do the news in the afternoon, and then I'll go home and whatever I have for dinner. Norm- I normally try to stay with the water. I now, normally- have I, I'm still getting to know you. We're like four weeks into this yeah. new show. Uh, you're my newsman, Neil Doyle. I, I am curious, have people told you you're an old soul? <laughs> Is that something you get a lot? Yeah, I've been told that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it, it seems like you are. It seems like you're the kind of guy that I wonder what old man Neil Doyle will be like. I, because I current, feel old already. Do you? Yeah. And you are how old? Just tell the audience. I'm um, 23. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. How do you feel old, man? What do you? What do you? I don't know. You get up on the wrong side of the bed and you ache all day, kind of thing. Sometimes. Can you, you injure yourself sneezing? Because that's old. When you injure yourself no. sneezing, I've done it. Then you know that you've hit a new peak. Where? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm at that point yet. Got it. You just mentally feel a little exhausted. Yeah, what's your What's your favorite music? What kind of music are you into? I'll listen to just about anything. I can okay. go country. Mm-hmm. I love Dave Matthews. Oh, I there can, you go. You know, like hip hop. Right. You know, more modern rap music. I I enjoy as well. It just depends on. Okay. Depends on the day. Depends on the mood. You are bartender Neil. You like to to have beverages from time to time. Then obviously that's you know not a not an older man's game. That's a younger man's game. I think you go out and drink at the bars too, right? I, yeah, I enjoy yeah. to go out with okay. friends. Yeah. You play some sports. You play. Uh, I try. Okay. I mean, I you know. 
well, I golf. I don't really know how much you consider that a sport, but. Uh, oh, no, wait. I, well, wait a minute. Well, it's not, I mean, you're not, it's not a lot of, I mean, especially Hold on. nowadays, you're riding, Hold a, on. you're riding in a golf cart. I got you, but you're wait, not, you're an avid golfer. That was one of the first things someone told me about you. It's like, oh, Neil Doyle, he loves that golf. Um, any avid golfer I've known defends to their death well, it, that it's a sport. At the professional level, yes. I mean, those right. guys are athletes. Now, What's I your mean, handicap? Uh, I don't. I say I don't play enough to really keep a handicap. If I'm playing well, I can shoot in the upper seventies. Wow. You know, if I'm okay. playing very, very well, I can shoot in the mid seventies. Sure. Okay. That's, that's on a very good day. That's impressive. I can't do that. I can't do that at all. Uh, one guy in high school used to tell me that bogey golf was good. If you could play bogey golf, you're an okay. You're not necessarily a a pro player, but you're an okay. You know, regular golfer. Does that sound about right? Yeah, no, I mean that's if, okay. if you're playing bogey golf. I'm that's... not playing bogey golf. I'm playing triple bogey golf. I'm oh. playing fake bogeys. That's I right. keep my score like the president does. You forget sometimes <laughs> what number you're on. Uh, real quick too, in the study about men and drinking water, they also mentioned one other way to make sure to keep your mood up, and it's another thing that a lot of people shy away from, which I was interested to, to read. Hugs. A lot of people don't like hugs. Hmm. Now, granted, obviously. Hugs, you know, with relatives and family members. I, I assume there's exceptions to any kind of rule. Uh, there's even a rabbit study from 1978 where researchers found that if you gave physical contact to a rabbit while they were eating, they were extremely less likely to suffer any kind of heart attack or stroke in their life. So that physical kind of touch is something that really benefits us along with water. So maybe before each show, each day, Neil, we both have a glass of water and just a little bro hug? Sure. Are you okay with that? I'm in. All right, cool. I didn't I didn't expect it to go that way. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in now. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say no. I do the bro hug every single day, but it'd be good for us. It would start our day much better. So, all right, fine. I'm, I'm coming at you right now. You're getting a bro hug from me in two seconds. This is the Craig Collins Show. I got another, I don't know, six minutes with you guys, and then it's on to Dave Ramsey and a bunch of other stuff here on WJBC. Um, hope you're having a good night out there and staying warm because it's freaking cold out. Um, so good luck with that. What color is your car? That is my curiosity today. Uh, apparently, the most popular car color for the 22nd year in a row is white. Apparently, people love the color white, I guess because it's, like, simple. Uh, there's nothing challenging about having a white car, right, compared to any other color. You go rogue with, uh, you know, certain ones. But, yeah, people love white. 22 years, undefeated, 29% of people voted that that's their favorite color uh, for a car. 19% said black, 17% said gray, silver at 11%. I don't see it on here. Uh, my car is white, by the way, my current car. But I've always wanted an orange car. I've always wanted one that was that color. It's my favorite color. I'm born on Halloween. So it's just a thing. It doesn't have to be a sports car either, but it, it would be cool if it was if it was like a Corvette Stingray or something. But yeah, uh, my car right now is a very, very old Jeep with a lot of issues that I don't think I've talked about yet on this show. It's come up on other shows. I've discussed it at length, the things that are wrong with my Jeep. And people call in sometimes and try to tell me how to fix those things. But I'm pretty sure most of those things can't be fixed. Um, it is a 1996 Jeep Cherokee that has what I affectionately call, and I think it's been called online, a death wobble. I like to think of it as sort of like a vibrating chair effect, that if you hit any sort of bump going, let's say, 40 or 45 or anything faster than that, the car will just shake for a while, and you have to slow down to get it to stop. But yeah, if you steer into it and think that it's kind of, you know, a nice little extra, it's like an add-on. My, my car has a nice little vibrating chair feature 
that only happens when I hit any anything, too, by the way. It's not like a significant thing in the road, like a tiny, tiny rock, if I'm on the highway, can can send us into death wobble mode. Uh, it also randomly turns right sometimes, my car. Uh, you're not really asking it to, but it just decides it wants to go right, and then you have to pull it on back. But these are lovable features, I say. My wife doesn't always agree, but I think these are like the nice character things I don't like a, a new fancy car that does things correctly. I like a car that doesn't have a trunk that works. I have to hold it up the whole time I'm getting things out of the back of my car because it doesn't it no longer stays up. It's just those things that are fun. Three of the doors kind of work. One door does not work at all. Uh, I call one the date door because it only works from the outside. So you always have to get the door for that person if they're sitting in the back seat. Uh, but these are fun things. But it, it is at least a white car, so I'm doing that right. Uh, Neil, how fancy is your vehicle? Uh, it's, it was used, but it's not a bad car. I think it's a 2014, I want to say. It's a Chevy Cruze. This I, isn't, I, of course, I, your I got, first car. What was your first car? Oh, no. For my first, that's my new, that's my most recent car. My first car I got in high school, I actually very got, I got lucky. Uh, my uncle and aunt were getting rid of this car. It was a Pontiac oh. Grand Am. Nice. Uh, like a 2006, but the... Front bumper was knocked off and held up with, <laughs> so it was a red Pontiac G6, nice. and it was held up with red duct tape mm-hmm. on the. Well, uh, of course. What, and so, uh, but they were getting rid of it, and they were generous enough to just kind of pass it on to me. Oh, nice. Uh, so that was my first car in high school. I had that thing for a and while. You, you obviously miss some. I, I miss my. I actually like my car now because I think it has character. But my first car was a Mazda three two three which, if you don't know, is just a basic like four-door kind of sedan car, and it had a crank sunroof. So there was a sunroof, but you had to crank it. The only problem is it jammed all the time, so you actually had to punch it several times and then crank it to open it. So if you wanted sunroof while driving, it looked like you were really into whatever song was playing. I would just start punching upward and then sort of swing my hand around. But it that was a cool feature. It also had a date door, and it was on the passenger side front door. So I had to open doors for people all the time. Nice. You could start it with anything. Oh. So one thing about the car that we learned, because my brother, uh, when he was too young to drive one time, got it like down the block. Because we were like, how'd you do that? You didn't have the keys. You could just jam anything in there and turn it, and it would go on. Um, but you had to obviously have the keys to get in the car. So I, I, I locked it, I guess. But maybe he somehow figured that part out. But yeah, well, uh, it's convenient if you ever lost the keys, you can just leave it unlocked and just get right. it started however. That's right. Yeah, you could literally I felt like MacGyver anytime I started it, but really it didn't matter. You could start it with anything. I think you could like push it. Like I don't even think you had to stick, you know, any kind of solid object inside the key. I think you could just find out another way to do it, but it was a lovable vehicle. Uh do you name your car, by the way? No, I I never oh. I never named it. Oh. No. Why not? Uh, you want to name it? Let's name it with the listeners. We're running out of time today. If we name your car on the air, will you stick to it or will you not? Sure. Okay. So describe your car in a little bit more detail so we know what we're thinking of name-wise. Current car right now? Yeah, go ahead. It's a silver mm-hmm. uh, Chevy Cruze. I mean, right. it's not, there's nothing very flashy about it. There's no, no personality? No. Okay. I mean, it's just kind of your bit. I mean, I feel like it'd be more fun to name the old Pontiac G6 that I had in high school. There you go. Or that maybe name character. name my current car, which yeah. we affectionately call Grandpa, since he's a 1996 Jeep Cherokee. Love it. Yeah, he can legally drink. He's been able to legally drink for a few <laughs> years now, so that's nice. Don't have to leave him at home when we go to the bar.